Hello, and welcome to the shootout for this week. I'm Ted Wyman, and I'm joined from Vancouver by the Derail Express, Daryl Paquin. Daryl, how are you doing today, buddy? Uh, doing great. Hockey season's almost upon us, and I uh, can't wait. And we really do have something very interesting to talk about on that hockey front, even though it's the preseason, and you just don't get that much interesting stuff to talk about usually in the preseason, but the whole incident in Toronto Sunday night, the brawl between the Buffalo Sabres and the Toronto Maple Leafs has really stirred things up, and... Uh, Today, the uh, National Hockey League came out with their decision, and they gave a three-game suspension to Phil Kessel for a pretty wicked couple of slashes on the legs of John Scott. And, Daryl, let's start off with your thoughts on that. Well, let's see. Uh, I think stick swinging is just not allowed at any time, especially when it's an, uh, intentional. Uh, we could take a look at Matt Cassian for the Canucks. Uh, you could say, intentional or not, what his stick swinging happened and broke uh, the jaw of... Uh, of Gagne, and if you're going to give uh, him a suspension for that, how come you're not going to give Kessel a suspension for what he did? I think the intention was even worse in that circumstance. Yeah, no question. I have to agree with you on that one because, you know, Kessel, what the NHL said was that he wasn't swinging to injure, he didn't swing high, you know, well, obviously he was swinging to injure because, you know, you can certainly do some damage even if you're swinging at the legs. But they, you know, they were suggesting that. But the, the thing I really didn't like was the guy swung again at the back of John Scott's legs while he was engaged with somebody else in a fight and then skated up to him even later and uh, stuck his stick in his midsection. You know, I mean, clearly, is, is he trying to stay out of this thing or is he trying to be in it? That's the real question for me. And it's not just about suspensions. I don't think three games in the preseason makes any sense. I think that's a cop-out by the NHL. They probably should have given him at least three games in the regular season. But, you know, it's a bigger issue, too, in terms of just what's, you know, what a hockey player is supposed to be like out there. A swinging your stick, I haven't seen a guy do something like that since Alexander Semin tried to get in a fight a couple of years ago, and, you know, <laughs> it was sort of a slap party. That's right. Uh, well, you know, I think uh, hockey is a fast sport. It's a very physical sport, you know, unlike any other sport. You know, uh, it's free-flowing, and it's always going. And uh, when that kind of thing happens in the way that, you know, human beings are somewhat wired, we kind of like to engage in the physical activity. And uh, I think that's why fighting is in hockey to begin with, because you have a weapon in your hand, and, uh, you know, we can sometimes act on our impulses, and I think that that's why fighting was there. It's the lesser of two evils, if you would like to put it that way, right? So once you uh, take that out of the game with the instigator rule and all that, it kind of changed the, that culture a little bit, and now we're seeing, you know, stick more stick incidents. Uh, Ted Lindsay was famous for uh, if he was mad at somebody, uh, he would go and try to engage them in a fight, and if they refused, he would basically go up behind them and stick them in the face and cut them a little bit until they dropped the gloves, right? So it's been around <laughs> for a while. That's a different time, of course, but, you know, John Scott, of course, is a huge man and a goon. There's no other way to describe him. Uh, he's not out there to score goals, that's for sure, and he is getting into a fight with the other team's best player, leading scorer, and not a particularly physical player in Phil Kessel. That is unusual. There's no question. I can't say that I agree that that made a lot of sense, and that certainly is what caused all the problems. But still, you know, the the guy who gets the most suspension in this is David Clarkson, and that's a big blow for the Leafs because they spent a lot of money to sign him, and he gets a 10-game suspension for coming off the bench, and he's appealing that, but I don't know if they're going to give it to him. That being said, if, if, if Kessel can be suspended for preseason games, why can't Clarkson? Uh, well, 
agreed. Everything you said is good. Uh, I think that's a big loss for Toronto. Clarkson's a heck of a player, and especially, you know, get him right out of the gate. I think uh, he could have had a really good year. I think he's still going to have a good year when he comes back. But uh, uh, if you take a look at the video of this Scott uh, incident with Kessel, one thing that I would say to you is, uh, you know, all talk is talk and walk is walk. If you take a look at John Scott, kind of, kind of knew someone else would be stepping in because if you see when he went after Kessel, he didn't really go after him. And as soon as the other guys came in, he let Kessel go and went after them. If he was really adamant about, you know, getting to Kessel, he would have got him. So I think it was all a ploy just, you know, to, to engage somebody physical just as a, you know, just as a pushback to what happened previous in the, in the fight. And it's really interesting, Daryl, because Ron Rolston, the head coach of the Buffalo Sabres, was fined by the NHL today for his player selection. So in other words, they said to him, you put John Scott out on the ice, that caused all of that brawling, and you are going to pay a fine for that. I find that kind of incredible, really. I mean, so that's not part of the game anymore? They're basically saying you can't choose your enforcer and put him out there? Well, anyone who's played hockey, even at a, you know, a really low level, you know, growing up as a kid, intimidation is part of the game. You can't take that out of the game, and those are the mechanisms, you know, that, that work in the game. And, you know, you, you can't change the essence of the game. And I'm not a big supporter of fighting necessarily in hockey. I would say that the fans love it, and it's a big part of the entertainment package without question. Uh, but... You know, could the game do without it? Absolutely. I love international hockey with no fighting at all. I I think it's fantastic. And I, and I don't need fighting for myself when I watch, but right now it is part of the game. And all these times when, uh, you know, somebody does something that's been done so many times in the past and, and now they're just they're doing everything they can to try to stop that from happening uh, with situations like this. But, you know, it doesn't seem to really be helping, you must say. And if you've got guys swinging their stick like uh, Phil Kessel did there, you know, you're absolutely correct, Daryl. There's going to have to be some kind of enforcement because that's just not being looked after by the NHL. Yeah, totally agree there. And like I said, I believe the uh, <clears throat> the fighting is, you know, takes take the, the manifestation of the, of the you know, the, the, the temper, the violence, whatever, and it's a lesser of two evils, as I said. So I'll, I'll leave it at that. Let's stay with hockey. Uh, the Winnipeg Jets haven't had a particularly great preseason. Certainly, uh, one, three, and two, I believe they are now. So nothing to write home about. But they haven't really played their best team at any point yet. They haven't put all of their lines that are going to be there in the regular season or their defense pairings. And Andre Pavlik hasn't played much uh, in net, so you can't really read too much into what's happened. Uh, I can't say I'm totally thrilled with the style of play that they're playing so far. But again, I've I've seen many preseasons where teams did nothing and and didn't resemble what they ended up being like once the regular season started but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on Claude Noel Uh, he goes into his third year here in Winnipeg as the head coach and hasn't established himself all that well I don't think you know he's done an okay job but hasn't been able to get the team in the playoffs you know I guess he doesn't have the longest rope this year you wouldn't think you got to be able to 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 make some improvements with this team doesn't he well, uh, you know, he didn't get a contract extension yet, so I think that speaks for itself. Uh, I think Claude Lowell, if uh, his performance was based on his post-game interviews, the guy would be the best coach in the league. <laughs> Un- unfortunately, that doesn't really translate onto the ice. Um, I find that at, at the wrong times, and, you know, it, it, he's not new. He's been there for a couple of years now. His systems should be in place. I find that things kind of break down. Things get scrambly. And uh, I think the biggest thing that I notice is <clears throat> there doesn't seem to be a real... 
break like the breakouts of their own zone. There doesn't seem to be a real system in place there. It just seems like they're always kind of chipping and chasing, which is fine. Sometimes you got to do that, but you also got to hit the team with the speed that they have up front. You should be able to hit those guys, and that should be their offense. You know, the you know counter and attacking and things like that. So I think systems and you know got to get your puck, puck to the forwards. Yeah, I got to agree with you in in a sense there because one thing you notice with the defensemen on this team is they're all puck moving defensemen they're big guys that can do that and yet I don't think that's the style the Jets necessarily play they are more of uh, trying to dump and chase because maybe that's the kind of forwards that they have so you know there's always been a little bit of a round peg square hole thing going on with some of these Jets players and that's been the real challenge for Claude Noel because he's trying to to change some of these guys to be uh, fitting into his system. But I will give him some credit that I, I actually just uh, was reading an interview that one of my colleagues did with Evander Kane, and he, he was saying one thing that he really liked was that they were into a third season with Claude, and now they do know his systems, and they are very comfortable with it. And it's very nice for them, all, most of these guys who came from Atlanta, to actually have the same coach for three years in a row because they just hadn't had that pleasure before. So there's something to be said for that. Yeah, well, like I said, you know, it's uh, it's time for him to uh, put his money where his mouth is, and we'll see what goes on this year. But I do think that he's on a short leash, and if he doesn't really accomplish uh, things that are, you know, wanting to be accomplished by the organization, I think that he will be looking for work other other places. He does have one bonus going for him, and that's that Mark Chipman is a very loyal guy, and he will probably uh, be loyal to Claude as well. But he also wants to win, so uh, there's got to be some improvement, absolutely. So let's talk about the other head coach in Winnipeg right now and boy is he ever under fire Tim Burke uh when we both talked last week you said you'd be surprised if he made it through the season I said there was no chance he'd be here next season and I think we're both right (laughs) a very very good chance we may be both right but he honestly you know after I think a lot of people wondered if he'd be fired after last week because the the cult the meltdown against Edmonton was just so embarrassing and Really, taking a knee at the end and not even trying to put up some points was did not sit well with a lot of people. I, uh, you know what? I was watching that game, and uh, I'm a Blue Bomber, true blue fan through and through, and watching that game, uh, especially, uh, I think the coach in, in any uh, sport has to have a kind of his finger on the pulse and see which way the game's going. At that point in the game, late in the fourth, uh, Edmonton was definitely had a momentum swing, and, uh, and I think Tim Burke should have realized that. And should have gone for it on the uh, on the last set of downs instead of taking the knee. I mean, they're not really going to you know do much in the playoffs or anything like that. So it wasn't a matter of that. But I think it would have been a moral victory if nothing else. I mean, you might as well go for it. You go for a field goal. You know, you get a couple of first downs. Maybe miss the field goal. You'll get a single point. That's still a win. Absolutely. You know, he said he had a a quarterback in there who was cold in Justin Goltz, and that's true. But Justin Goltz has started five games for that team. and they considered him good enough to be a CFL quarterback for those five games. You've got him coming in cold with 23 seconds left, and he'd already played part of the game too, don't forget. I don't think they let him throw the ball, but he'd run around a little bit before that. And you can tell me that you got a guy on your roster who is a CFL quarterback supposedly, and you can't get him to throw two 20-yard passes? You know, this is the CFL. You never give up in the CFL. If you've got three seconds left, you're going for it in the CFL. And I Tim totally Burke yeah. absolutely failed in that situation. He showed that he doesn't have the guts to, to make that kind of risk, and he's made that mistake, those mistakes over and over this year and last year. He makes the wrong calls 
when it comes to the gut decisions. And in this case, you know, well, they might have lost anyways. <laughs> Either way, they might have lost anyways. The momentum was completely gone, as you said. But right. this was just an, a chicken's way out. Well, you talk about Goltz uh, coming in and said he was cold. I mean, is he a professional football player or is he a professional football player? I mean, that's what that means. You're a professional, which means you're always prepared to go. That's what you're supposed to be doing. And, uh, you know, if you don't have confidence, if I'm going down the mountain on a pair of skis and I don't have confidence in my skis, well, I can't really ski to my, you know, potential, right? Absolutely not. And th- this Bomber team has uh, gone nowhere. It's incredible how far into the tank they've gone now to uh, depths that uh, few people could have expected. It could actually rival the worst record in team history. they got to play better teams than Edmonton the rest of the year, and they couldn't beat Edmonton. So it's it's really a shame that it's gotten this bad, but I think for Bomber fans, have to hope that there's going to be some different people in place and they're going to be able to turn it around. It doesn't take that long if you do it right. Look at Just look at the Toronto Argonauts. So, Daryl, I guess we'll just have to leave it there for today on the shootout. How's uh, life out in Vancouver uh, these days anyways? Uh, it's getting a little chilly, a little rainy, but uh, not so bad. Like I said, when hockey season's here, everything's sunny. <laughs> Absolutely perfect, and it's a hockey season that's going to have so much to offer with not only a great NHL campaign, but also the Olympic break for Sochi, which will be pretty spectacular as well. So anyways, that is it. Can I, can I just add one more thing? You sure can. Last week we were talking about Mason Raymond, and uh, I wanted to put a prediction out there. I say Mason Raymond scores 20 goals this year. All right. I'm going to hold you to it on the end of the season on the shootout. Uh, we'll uh, have a beer bet on that. How does that sound? There you go. It sounds good. All right. Thank you, Daryl, for joining us, and thank you for listening to the shootout. We'll be see you next time.